Hello, friends. Lee Henson Hasty. I know it's a little later than you thought, but it's Holy Week. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's got to be grace in Holy Week. And there's been a lot of grace this week uh, because Jenna McDevitt graciously agreed to join me in Holy Week. And she's a pastor at Shannon Presbyterian Church of Columbia, South Carolina. Thank you, Jenny, for being here in your office even. Yes. Yep. It's great to be with you. It's a nice break in my frantic preparations. So um, this time I can say, well, it's not done because Lee asked me to do something instead of it's not done because I just don't have it done. So, there you go. Thank you. Gives you gives you 45 <laughs> minutes or 30 minutes. We're here. And um, thank you again. And we were just talking Easter. The, there was a walkthrough just before this. Are, mm -hmm. are we looking forward to already looking past good friday toward easter uh we are we are we are looking at all three at the same time we're living in wow. a in a um you know that little paradox of working on it all at once but. we had our easter worship service at the foundation today jerry cannon preached for us and nice. it is it is an it's we talked about it being kind of an in-between time well I, I, I work I'm, I'm saying it's still lint but I have a little white too I have a little purple and white today very um, nice but I'm grateful for your being here <laughs> Jenny is with me here we're going to be talking about writing as spiritual discipline it's something um, she does um, as a writer she is just just writes I mean we'll talk about this practice and uh, please let us know if you're here um, in the comments, if you have questions, what have you, we'd love that. Um, looks like Glenn Bell is already here. Glenn prayed at our service earlier. Uh, so keep praying out there, Glenn. Um, and um, we are just, uh, we're, we're glad to be here during Holy Week. Um, I want, it's how I start each, each show, and I think you know this, um, Howard Thurman was someone who informed Katie Geneva Cannon, uh, who was one of your professors at Union Presbyterian Seminary. And um, uh, Katie, uh, Howard uh, Thurman asked, you know, what is it that's making you come alive? Um, and, but Katie said it a little bit differently is, um, what is the work your soul must have? And so as a Kenyan college graduate and creative writing major, as a field hockey player, you know, I was going to say it <laughs> on the field hockey team, um, as a reader of Tina Fey, bossy pants. And <laughs> you have done some dangerous internet research, right. my friend. <laughs> I try, as the editor of the Kenyan college collegian year 2000, um, and uh, graduate of Union Presbyterian Theological Seminary. What What is the work your soul must have, Jenny McDivitt? Yeah, I love that question. Um, and I, because Dr. Cannon was my professor, I do think about it from time to time. And I think the, the most direct and distilled answer um, is that I'm a storyteller. Um, mm. Um, the story of the gospel, uh, the stories that other people share with me and are gracious to let me then share more broadly, um, sometimes my own story, but I think there's a lot of power in stories and, um, I'm really one of the luckiest people I know that I get to do that professionally, um, right. even so storytelling. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you've served in in a, and in a variety of contexts, Kansas City Village Church, Prairie Village, Kansas City area, Madison Avenue Church in New York City, and now Columbia. Um, uh, and the storytelling, I think people know you as a writer and a preacher. They really love your words. Um, Jessica Tate, we'll go ahead and let everybody know, is the one who sort of brought us together. And Jessica, um, you know, just speaks kind of, there's almost a hushed tone in her voice when she talks about your words. Um, so, and I mean, if folks, if you don't know, um, uh, Jenny is uh, on Instagram with sharing some of these words in a uh, writing lightly, writing dot lightly, if you want to follow that. Um, so you do, when you when you read some of those prayers and liturgies and just i don't know that you can even describe some of the posts you have there it is it does feel like a story and it's there's some auto autobiography happening there it feels like <laughs> i mean the wall across from you or the window or the dog or i mean and it's beautiful i mean so you really start that's part of your creative process what is happening right where you are i guess it is. Yeah. I, um, and I, I think there's pros and cons to that. Um, you know, uh, I think most people who write do have some degree of, you know, how much of a narcissist can I possibly be, you know, that everyone, that people might want to read about that. Um, mm, right. but I, in college, uh, my creative writing degree, I wanted originally to, follow the creative nonfiction track, but I got accepted into the creative fiction track. And um, that was wonderful, but also a struggle because really I wanted to write about what was actually happening mm. um, instead of making up my own arc about something. Right. Um, so right. I've, I've always tended more towards that, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, and so by your senior year, you're the editor of the, <laughs> the college newspaper. So you showed them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so how do you how do how do you make time um, for writing? What What is it? I mean, how do you that's something I think particularly pastors who often listen to our show, if they're listening now or listening later, they're always looking for like, when am I going to do this writing that I've got to do? Um, but you, you have some ideas about that, I know. Yes. Uh, so part of, part of it is I am an early riser. Um, mm -hmm. And so I get quite a bit of writing done in the morning before mm -hmm. the world can intervene. Um, right. I realize that's, you know, everyone has their own schedules. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think in all of my different churches and, and contexts, I kind of learned... Um, there's all sorts of times and moments in ministry that we get to connect with people and influence people or mm -hmm. um, offer them a thought or a word. Um, worship is one of the times that you can do that with the most people. And so it's, I really do try to set time aside, particularly for writing. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes that cuts into my own life, uh, right, but right. I, and I'm fortunate to have been places where they are very receptive to my saying, you know, there will be time in my week when I need to write. Right. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I, I would say that when I'm at my best, I put as much time into the printed liturgy mm -hmm. as I do. Mm -hmm. um, maybe not exactly the same amount of time, <laughs> but but quite a bit of time into printed liturgy um, because mm -hmm. I'm mindful that's where we're asking the gathered people to speak right. words out loud and right. to give them opportunity to speak the gospel out loud um, can be transformative. 100%. Um, so 100%. I try really hard to give really careful thought and consideration to those words because it's a different thing to put my words in someone else's mouth Amen. Um, than just in my own. Right. Mm -hmm. And a real, a real privilege. I think it's a beautiful way to think about it. I remember my pastor uh, growing up, Stuart Yandel, if anybody knows him, um, actually he served a church in Charleston and then Monroe. Um, he, he would uh, he he would say he spent as much or more time on his pastoral prayer as he did his mm -hmm. sermon, and, and you could tell by the way. <laughs> but uh, I'm in a beautiful way. <laughs> it was a beautiful way. Um, loved him. I mean, but I think that's I mean so reformed of you to think of that way too. I mean, this is this is liturgy and worship is the work of the people, and so you're helping to guide and shape them. Often, I mean, whether it's a digital bulletin or one they're holding on to that's printed it is also something people hold on to i mean I, I i have visited and you probably have to you'll visit with people and they have like they hold on to those bulletins in their cars you know sometimes in their homes i mean it's a holy um, almost holy piece of paper mm -hmm. so yeah it it always startles me um mm -hmm. in a in a very humbling and beautiful way um, right. when I see, oh, someone has saved that right, um, or refers to it later. Um, right, 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 right. Um, so when you started writing back in college um, and you were write, doing the creative writing thing, even though you were interested in the other thing, what was it that you wrote about then? And just to get the kind of arc of your creativity um, here. Well, and I knew I, you were writing before then too, I'm sure, but I'm just thinking that's a good start. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, in in the pieces that I submitted to to be ad admitted into the program, because Kenyon's a small school, so every, you know, um, there's only so many professors. Right. Everything. Um, everything I wrote and great submitted, school, great school, by the way. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, everything I submitted was was very much autobiographical. Um, mm -hmm. And so they pulled out little sentences here and there and they said, oh, my gosh, the way you phrased that, we want you in this class over here. Mm -hmm. um, so that was entertaining to me um, <laughs> that in in telling the story of my own life, I got admitted into a fiction class. Um, <laughs> <laughs> interpret as you wish. Right. Um, but I really it was a struggle for me in some ways. Um, I really would find myself trying to write a, you know, a fictional account of something that I really had done, um, which mm -hmm. at the ripe old age of like 18 and 19, um, not super interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> right. um, or, or honestly, just very thinly veiled. Um, mm -hmm. like my professor would always be like, I feel like this is something you did not something you imagined. And, I, and I'm a terrible liar, too. So I would just say, yes. <laughs> it is. Um, so, you know, um, but in some ways, it I think it probably stretched my 
creativity and imagination mm-hmm. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, even sure. if it wasn't a super natural place for me to land. Right, right. Um, but I wrote you... short stories. I'm sorry, that was probably what you okay. wanted to know. Yeah, you ended up writing <laughs> short stories. Okay. <laughs> Um, have you published some of those? Have those, some of those been published? Oh, that that needs to come come around. Oh, I you know all of us ought to have something we look back at and go, you know, that was really lovely, and it is even lovelier that it's in the past. And right. not on the internet. Well, it led it it had to be part of your call to ministry too. This sort of love mm-hmm. love of I mean, writing you kind of have to love it. I mean, because um, you do a lot of it in pastoral ministry, if you do it well. Right. So um, it had to that had to be part of your call. Is that true? I think I think slowly, or or mm-hmm. maybe it always was, and I was just slow to realize. Right. It. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I went to seminary absolutely adamant that I would not be a pastor um, mm-hmm. because I couldn't. Ironically, I couldn't imagine figuring out something to say to people so consistently. Um, (laughs) Every church I've ever been at, they're like, really? Mm -hmm. You've had a hard time coming up with words. You have Mm -hmm. no shortage of words. (laughs) Right, right. Um, So, but I think once I got to seminary and started engaging that process, it very quickly shifted Mm -hmm. uh, what the direction I was headed in. Right. And it was that the time that liturgy started. I mean, that, that was sort of one of the first places and where you still have some energy is around mm-hmm. writing liturgy, uh, prayers and responsive readings. I mean, you've done this for, you know, conferences, mass and at a Montreat. Um, I'm not exactly sure how to, how, how leading recreation for the Montreat Youth Conference, if that oh. is liturgy writing or what that is exactly. That, that, oh God. It was fun, um, and I have let them know I have retired from that okay. in my life. All right. um, that's that's like liturgy with your body, I think. I mean. sure, that is the most graceful way you could have connected those two things, possibly. Um, yes, so I really and truly got a consistent start with that at, at Village Church when I was okay. there. You know, Village is a big church, multi-staff. I did not preach often. Um mm-hmm. And a couple of years after I got there, um, there was a stretch of time when we were a little, a little short staffed and Tomar invited me to start writing the printed liturgy. Um, and he said, I think you're good at that. Um, and so he really, it became part of my job um, mm-hmm. the rest of the time I was there. So for about four and a half years, Wow. I, something like that. I wrote the weekly liturgy. Wow. For Village. That's a lot. <laughs> um, it was. And at first it was like really fun and I never thought it was, you know, taxing or anything. Um, but when you do it every week, um, mm-hmm. it, you know, there were times when it came really easily and times when I thought I have, I have nothing more to say about how we will confess our sins this week. <laughs> right, I was going to say um, the confession of sin. That's the but, <laughs> you know, and I, and I know this was, um, this isn't frequently the situation, but because I wasn't preaching um, and I kind of missed that, mm-hmm. I was able to, you know, dig into the text that I knew the preacher was using um, mm-hmm. and really do almost a little bit of, you know, preaching preparation. In, sure, in exegetical kind words. of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of an outlet for that. And it, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, I think enabled me to stay in a role where I wasn't preaching for, mm-hmm. um, for a while. And then, um, yeah, I think, and, and Tom also gave me a lot of space to try different things, um, you know, to do a style of prayer we'd never done before, or I got to the point where I would tell a story to introduce the prayer of confession every week. Um, mm-hmm. And the parameters I set for myself were, it has to be some moment that I experienced grace since last mm, Sunday. Great question. Um, and so I, I really did limit myself to where in this past week did I encounter grace? And so I would then tell that story as a way of introducing the prayer of confession. Mm-hmm. And um, so a little bit of a reverse, like I tend to say we can confess honestly, because we know that grace is real right, preemptively. Right, right, um, right, right. But it became, it really, I wasn't as, um, I didn't quite realize what it would grow into, but it got to the point where I had lots of different people in the congregation who would tell me that they'd started looking for the moments in their lives. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, yeah. And then that's when I think I realized that you know, there is the potential for liturgy to be just as transformative right. um, as a sermon. Well, you, you saying that, I mean, it, it, it almost is, just, I mean, a sermon typically is a little bit longer kind of prose kind of thing. And with the liturgy, you're distilling down and editing. I mean, as a writer, you know this. I mean, I'm not the writer you are, um, but um, I live with a writer. So I know this, like the editing <laughs> is the key and distill down like a good question. I mean, is, is that part of what you do when you sit down to write or you just let yourself, I mean, there's probably a number of different things you kind of pull out of a, out of your um, play chest or something. I mean, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> um, it, it sort of depends and not always on what I'm writing, but just how the day is gone. Um, right, you right. know, sometimes I'm very particular and I really don't write something down until I've tossed it around in my head and I know how I want mm-hmm. it to sound. Um, but usually there's a lot of words that go down mm-hmm. and then especially if it's a short prayer mm-hmm. or just a little anecdote, um, lots, you know, sometimes more than half of it ends up cut. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to just ache about that. And so <laughs> I started this practice. I just have a running file of all the things that I have to cut, but that I really like. Um, Someday. Then, Someday well, they may be resurrected. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or I'll re- like I'll scroll through it sometimes and be like, oh, there was a great line about Pentecost. And, right. you know, that actually shows up every year. So, um <laughs> Yeah. You know. So are you are you doing most of your writing on a computer? Or are you doing like oh, on paper? Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I type way faster than I write. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. I guess everybody's a little different, but I mean that's uh I mean that's interesting because you can kind of hold. It's easier to kind of hold on to it and have it accessible um, for kind of coming back. Do you sort of? Is it sort of? You, a cert, you talked about early in the morning, a certain part of the day, a certain part of a week, a certain part of a month. I mean, do you have any rhythms that you would recommend to people or just develop a rhythm? <laughs> well, yes. I think the big thing is you have to find what works for you. Um, mm-hmm. I have found that morning is better for me. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I also don't have little kids that um, mm -hmm. are right. asking anything of me in the morning. So I'm mindful right. of that. <laughs> um, but I, I try to um, sit down and write all the liturgy for a season at, mm -hmm. in one or two. Wow. Um, because then I, you know, I'm mindful like, then, okay, this Then there's day, a connection. There's a, a thread. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, because, well, and I tend to be a sermon series preacher. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the series and then I think, okay, I need six prayers of confession you know, and then I can think about, okay, well, this one is a little more personal. This one is a little more global or, mm -hmm. you know, to try and right. cover some bases there. Um, now I do not always succeed at that. That was a very um, yeah. aspirational thing. And but... you're writing, not just liturgy. I mean, you'll just sit down mm -hmm. and write, I mean, with I'm looking at Instagram. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. there's all kinds of stuff there. There are prayers, but there's other Yes. The, what, what ends up on Instagram is mostly little poems. Um, mm -hmm. that's just what I call them little poems. Mm -hmm. um, right. and I started that, um, Instagram feed with a very particular intent behind it. Um, mm -hmm. and it actually wasn't for liturgy. Um, I mm -hmm. do post some prayers there just because people mm -hmm. ask for them. Um, but I am, an incredibly slow sermon writer. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I can throw down so much stuff all the time, but when it comes to writing a sermon and just like committing to something and going for it, I'm super slow. And uh, so my, my intent with writing this way was I give myself 15 minutes. 15 um, minutes. That's there's, good. There's a couple, um, there's a couple that have been a little more tied to current events that I have let myself write and then sit with it to make sure that that seems like an appropriate thing I, to put into the world. <laughs> so I have loved the pieces about the Ukraine and mm. I know that's very much on people's minds. The prayer that starts by the way, our God are helping ages past our hope for years to come. I mean, <laughs> I used that prayer for a gathering recently and I mean, I almost didn't make it through it. I just have to tell you. And I love this one. Um, for March 12th. It was Thursday is what you titled it. It was Thursday when Russia invaded Ukraine. And I wondered what I would say to the congregation that gathers every Sunday, not because my words would change anything, but because heartbreak deserves to be acknowledged and dragons deserve to be shouted down. Okay. That's just a taste y'all. There's more. Um, <laughs> I won't read everything. Go to writing.lightly on Instagram. Um, it's just, that's beautiful. It's also your processing some things happening in your head. I mean, you, you literally are like, what in the world is happening? And what in the world can I say this Sunday? I mean, this is, yeah. this is what preachers are usually saying on Thursday. They're saying it for Easter right now for about Easter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so most, and, and all of those really, I do write them in a very short period of time. It's just some of them I let sit. But yeah. um, tr honestly, trying to train myself to be um, to trust what I write down um, sure. or to recognize that, you know, sometimes what we write is just an offering for what it is. It doesn't sure. have to be immensely polished or every word doesn't right. have to be perfect. Sure. Um, I'm wondering who has shaped you as a writer? Are there heroes or their heroines or their mentors or their pastors? I mean, who do you sort of admire? I mean, 
yeah, I think good writers know other good writers. So <laughs> people get ready, you know, because your your book list may grow <laughs> right here. <I'm laughs> well, so so Lee did tell me about this question in advance, which I appreciate. Um, and I was trying to be some of these are so expected, um, but I guess if you're good, you're good and everybody knows it. Um, in terms of uh, liturgy and and prayers and things like that, Jim Lowry, um, who's a sure. Presbyterian pastor, um, his book, Prayers for the Lord's Day, um, mm -hmm. was really instructive to me. Um, and mm -hmm. I, you know, um, sometimes we'll borrow a phrase here and there. Um, I mean, with attribution, but, sure. um, so he's, he's one. Um, and I love, I didn't actually know this until I came here. Um, but he served at Shandon for a short wow. period of time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and like every good Presbyterian, I do love some Frederick Beekner. Sure. Um, and now I just sound like a crazy person, but he actually attended church at Madison Avenue. Wow. Um, wow. So, did, you know, did you know he's going to be there? I mean, you did. Oh, no, not when I was there, but that's where he, oh, okay, um, okay. before he went to seminary, that's where he went to church. And so he was okay. sitting in the pews there when he decided Ooh. to go to seminary. Oh, wow. Um, so that, I mean, that kind of has reinforced my affection mm -hmm. for him. But, um, sure. and then, you know, um, I read Barbara Brown Taylor and I wonder why any of us try. I mean, <laughs> you know, like no, she's just gold. She shapes words so beautifully. Um, I had her on the show. It was just a podcast if folks haven't listened. And um, yeah, she just, she, she is a master with words and images. I mean, it feels like you're, you're, you're like inside her head or something when you listen to her. I mean, it's, it is inspiring. Well, she, sure. I feel like I, from her, she sort of gave, gives permission to imagine inside the story, right, like well right. beyond what the text right. itself might say. Right. Um, right. And I find that to be a really fulfilling right. part of my process, even if it never shows up anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, and then it, I would be remiss to not mention, um, you know, Tamar and Roger Nishioka. Oh, Hillary. sure. Um, I, I have been fortunate to work with some, yes, um, because they're my friends. I tell them they are stupid, talented, <laughs> but, <laughs> get that. Um, but they, you know, I both learned a lot from working with them and, mm -hmm. and listening to them. Um, but mm -hmm. they also were very affirming and really gave me sure. space to try something. Any, any singer songwriters, any singer songwriters? Oh. I didn't ask um, you that. I didn't prep you on that. Well, no. So one person that comes to mind, they're not a, a singer songwriter, but a spoken word poet. Okay. Um, Andrea Gibson. Okay. Uh, uses they, them pronouns. Um, but I, I often will say if I had to pick one person I would like to learn to write like when I grow up, it would be them. Wow. Um, I love that. I, I think. Andrea Gibson. Gotta, yep. I don't know that. Don't. Um, uses words like no one I have ever encountered. Wow. Um, wow. Okay. Really okay. So, um, you heard it here first people <laughs> when the well is dry. <laughs> That's what we're talking about here. Really? Yeah. I, that that's going to be my sort of non-answer to the singer songwriter question. Okay. Spoken word poet. 
spoken uh, word poets. Yeah. And a lot of what you do, right? I mean, you're writing for spoken word. I mean, mm -hmm. that's you. You kind of have that in mind. You realize a lot I do. of what you do. I mean, the Instagram certainly is is you know two dimensional, but it also, I mean, I feel like it's meant to be spoken out loud. A lot of what you write. Yeah, and that's probably the biggest shift. I mean, when I started writing, it was all solely to be read. Mm -hmm. um, but through liturgy and preaching and and even with that Instagram account, I mean, literally everything I write now, um, even Outlook columns that are never read out loud, um, mm -hmm. I am constantly uh, saying my words out loud because um, right. it just it you hear them differently or especially if it's words that will be spoken. Um, sometimes it looks really good on paper and then you try to say the words and it's too many of the same sounds together or, you know, yeah. um, that you just wouldn't catch if, um, so I suppose part of my process is to mumble to myself, um, mm -hmm. and look probably a little deranged. You're making me uh, feel better. I do the same. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> I can't believe our time. I'm looking at our time. It's blunt. It's gone away here. I mean, I'm asking if there are comments, if anybody has any, we'd love to hear from you. Let you, I'm glad uh, Lee Young join us. Nancy Crow, who's a writer on the seminary. Nancy's a beautiful writer. Um, thanks for everybody for being here with us. Um, we'll be back in two weeks. I believe that's August 27th and guests yet to be confirmed. You know, it's Lent. So people are, <laughs> things are moving a little slower right now. So, um, but be on the lookout for that. I'm going to invite um, uh, Jenny to offer a benediction here momentarily, if you're willing. But if there are folks out there who have comments or um, questions, I want you to have a moment at least to get those in. I didn't ask you earlier. I'm glad, glad you were here. Um, people are asking, will this be posted? Yes, this is posted or it'll be on YouTube and in the Facebook group, Theological Education Fund, um, and also the podcast, um, Leading Theologically. You know, I didn't really even introduce myself fully. <laughs> I'm Lee Henson Hasty. Um, I'm the Senior Director of Theological Education Fund's Development for the Presbyterian Foundation. That's a ministry of the Committee on Theological Education. Um, so that's why we're here. That's how you can find this. Um, it will not be typed up, although your benediction will. I mean, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> You're used to having your, your prayers printed, so I'm, I'm not too nervous about that. Mm -hmm. Thanks, everybody, for being here, truly. Julie Bailey, I see you. Um, and uh, Nancy is affirming the story before mm -hmm. a confession is, is a great idea. I think that's true, a story about mm -hmm. grace. Um, so we'll just have me have to have you come back, uh, because they're loving you so much here. Uh, I'm, after I'm, Holy Week. After all, <laughs> I can't, still can't even believe it. Um, thanks again for being here. Um, and, um, if you would offer us a benediction, that would be most appreciated. Yes. And thank you for having me. Um, and so the benediction I use every week, I have to, I have to give credit to another writer is, is actually not my own words. Um, Carson Brisson was my Hebrew professor oh, yeah. at Union. And um, I know time is up, so I'm going to talk quickly. Um, at fine. the end of You're our fine. first day of Hebrew class, he looked out at us and I think we were all <laughs> like questioning every decision we ever made throughout our entire lives. Um, and he offered us a benediction that day. And he does that. He uses roughly the same words with every class. It has evolved over the years, but the one um, 
the one that I use is the one he used for my class. Beautiful. Um, and I asked him years ago if I could use it. And he said, oh, yes. Uh, and I actually, I told him not too long ago that I still use it every week. And he just looked at me and he was like, well, surely you can do better than that. But, um, but I, I have always loved it. So um, receive this benediction, my friends. Mm -hmm. May joy and nothing less follow you all the days of your life. May you be blessed and may you be a blessing. And may you rest well today, mm. secure in the knowledge that the Lord of light, who has brought you this far already, believe you and countless others all the way home. Amen. Amen. What a light you are, Jenny. <laughs> you truly live into that blessing. And thanks for the gift you are as a writer, as a person, as a field hockey player, um, as a leader, as a preacher, um, as a friend and colleague in ministry. Thank you for the gift that you are and blessings to you and yours, especially this, this holy week. And Friends, we look forward to seeing you again soon. Stay in touch. Take good care.